Hawkins. I know the worst thing that's ever happened here in the four years I've been working here. when an owl attacked Eleanor Gillespie's head because it thought that her hair was a nest. out of a hundred times kid goes missing the kid is with a parent or a relative well what about the other time what you said 99 out of a hundred what about the other time the one Welcome back. Uh, happy 2018. Merry Christmas. All that great fun stuff. I hope everyone had a wonderful uh, holiday, you know, filled with uh, with love, support, and all that great good stuff. Um, I'm just so excited to be back um, in, you know, 2018. And essentially, you know, with uh, with a whole bunch of, uh, of new films to discuss. Uh, so, Essentially, um, well, saying films to discuss, I want to jump straight to actually a TV series, which I feel bad. I actually ended up watching this um, pretty much just before we uh, we took that little hiatus there um, and uh, kind of had to sort of revisit everything here. So I, I felt like my, my real true passion and excitement behind it had kind of faded away. But, um, you know, just getting right back into it, Stranger Things, you know, this will always hold a special place in my heart. This is such a great um, TV series uh, and truly just brings all that great nostalgia of the 1980s um, that we all just love and adore so much. Um, it just brings it right back uh, to the forefront. And um, yeah, just, you know what, anyone I've talked to, you know, there's they just there's no one I've spoken to that said, you know what, Stranger Things, I didn't like. So um, anyways, guys, so let's dive right into it. This episode's going to be dedicated to uh, season one, and then next week uh, we'll get a little bit further into season two. So uh, essentially, um, this is an American sci-fi, and they put it as a web TV series, essentially just because Netflix is sort of, you know, that online subscription, so, so it doesn't really fall as plain old TV. Uh, but anyways, created by the Duffer, uh, Duffer brothers. Um, these guys created, uh, they thought of it, wrote it, directed it, co, um, executive, uh, and then was produced by, um, Sean Levy and Dan Cohen. Now, uh, they developed the series as a mix of an investigative drama alongside a supernatural with supernatural elements and you know with childlike sensibilities so essentially kind of like giving homage to the 1980s um things such as you know stand by me it's um you know basically truly inspired by the works of stephen king so um 
Basically, we're in the middle of November 1983, uh, and this picks up with a quick punch to the gut. Uh, essentially, you know, we meet up with the kids, um, and uh, we see who this mysterious girl, Eleven, is. Um, well, we don't really know who her name is, Eleven, but I mean, it's just straight away. I mean, that poor diner owner, Barry, I didn't see that coming. Um, and then basically, the lost will. I mean, it's such a quick, instant spontaneous um pull away and and you know we really have no idea what happened you just you know kind of fell in love with this um you know basically the 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 musketeers um you know plus d'artagnan i guess uh, mike dustin and lucas um and essentially, you know, we are just introduced to our characters. One of my favorites, Jim Hopper. Um, you know, we get to meet Joyce, Will's mother, just a single mom, just trying to get by. Essentially, you know, you really, really feel for her. As well as John, Will's brother. I, I mean, you know, and it's it's just kind of neat how they, they set up showing you the differences between, say, Mike's family and Will's family. Um, you know, and just the dynamics and how things work. Uh, you know, episode two picks up with uh, basically how they found Eleven and hiding her at Mike's house. The tattoo emerges as well as her nickname, L, And it's basically... Um, develop that she's going to be kept as a secret so um you know we get more plot development we meet you know nancy and barb and we see the dynamic of steve you know and this whole thing while john creeps around with his camera and barb is essentially taken now we go straight into episode three with barb's death um and this is when joyce starts to discover that she can communicate um with will with lights and the phone essentially um and uh, we're we're given a flashback um, of Nancy kind of looking into, into Barb and and so forth. It's sort of just realistically a plot filler episode, but there is some some dynamic. I mean, we have Barb's death right away, so that's that's kind of a huge huge pinpoint. So episode four, um, essentially, we're given the proof that Will is alive um, over the microphone, even though after the last one we thought he was dead. Um, the uh, the Basically, uh, Joyce hears Will um, and uh, starts tearing at the wallpaper and sees kind of behind this membrane. You know, essentially just shows that he is in the, the upside down, although we haven't quite figured out what that is yet. So uh, they hide Eleven in, um, and bring her to their school where Joyce has de definitely demolished a, a huge hole in her wall at this point. Um, Nancy and Jonathan start looking into the photos um, and they uh, basically, John's... Nancy points out the shadow, which re John realizes matches his mother's description of the monster that she saw coming after Will. Um, and basically, Nancy starts uh, telling the police about what happened to Barb. And essentially, Steve is um, is more concerned about his parents being upset, which really, you know, gets to Nancy. She's, you know, more upset her best friend's missing. Uh, and she does have to eventually admit to sleeping this with Steve to her mother, which is kind of embarrassing. So, um, essentially we kind of have their, you know, couple fight. Now, um, Hopper looks further into the investigation, um, and basically finds out the police officer at the time was told to lie, um, and finds out about the fact that this is a dummy body. It's not actually Will. Um, and basically from this point on, Hopper breaks into the Hawkins lab to discover more. So episode five picks up and Lonnie has showed up, um, which is Will and John's, uh, delinquent father. Um, essentially the town looks at Joyce as being crazy. She doesn't think Will's dead. She doesn't feel that um and hopper essentially discovers the portal uh to the upside down 
and he wakes up to find himself at home and discovers that his house has been miked. So, um, the, uh, the sheriffs inform, uh, everyone about Barb's car. Um, the state involvement is somewhat suspicious at this point. Definitely. Um, the boys determine that Will is trapped in an alternative dimension, the upside down. So this is where we start to finally get labels to everything that's going on. Um, Mr. Clark, sort of the boy's favorite teacher, I guess, at this point, um, he just starts describing to them, you know, what this, what the upside down essentially is, a high energy space-time tear. So um, they, they realize they're looking for a surge and disruption in Earth's electro electromagnetic field. So um, they basically start using um, L and uh, realize too with... Uh, with their compasses that they can try to track down, you know, where's Will, essentially. So, um, Elle is afraid. She starts having flashbacks to her, her daddy, essentially. Um, and Lucas confronts her, uh, at this point, um, into sort of putting, making them go around in circles. So Mike tries to defend her. Um, and anyways, they realize that Elle has psychokinesis and throws, uh, Dustin across the, uh, the field. She runs away, um, leaving them trying to, to look after an unconscious Dustin. So Nancy and John, um, basically go looking into finding, um, what went on with Barb and they end up finding a deer's body. So they, um, they follow the blood trail because, uh, the bodies sort of dragged off in front of them. And, um, Nancy discovers uh, another tear in the, uh, in basically reality and crawls into the upside down and discovers what the monster is. She sees the demigorgon, sort of our introduction to it as the first time at the first time, really, a. a unique uh unique monster i don't know it kind of reminds me of a combination of like a some sort of werewolf uh creature meets um you know like one of the flowers from mario um but uh, anyways back to the plot so um uh, you know, essentially, the next episode picks up with John pulling Nancy back, um, and you can see that Nancy is obviously quite upset. You know, this is, she realizes, you know, what's going on here, and that, you know, I think basically at this point, reality sets it a little bit more than potentially Barb could be dead. So um, she invites, you know, she can't be left alone. So John comes in um, into her place and stays the night um, to basically just stay there and comfort her. But this is when Steve um, tries to sneak in and sees everything. So uh, we have a little more drama added to the whole relationship issue between Nancy and Steve. So um, we see the whole issue and they say, hey, Nancy, can't wait for your movie. And realize that um, Steve and his friends are spray painting profanity on it. A local movie theater sign, that is. Um, and John and her run over to sort of defend themselves. And uh, a fight emerges where the cops show up and John's arrested. <clears throat> now, uh, Joyce and Hopper are looking into the Hawkins history, you know, discovering about Elle's mom, the use of LSD um, during her testing uh, while she was part of um, uh, MK Ultra, And... Um, they essentially, they figure this all out through um, 
Elle's uh, aunt Becky, and she explains that Elle's mother Terry underwent these testings while unknowingly pregnant. Um, I believed her daughter Jane was kidnapped by by Brenner. So this is the man that we see, uh, Daddy, essentially from Elle. Now uh, Joyce and Hopper conclude Eleven is likely Jane, and Eleven ends up. We see the iconic scene of her shoplifting Egos. Uh, this is her favorite food. Um, and uh, she recalls being asked to contact the monster and accidentally opening the portal to the upside down in the laboratory basement. Um, while searching for Eleven, Mike and Dustin are ambushed by the school bully, bullies, Troy and James. So Troy is upset about the whole um, peeing his pants issue and blames Mike for everything. Um, so he holds Dustin at knife point and demands Mike make a suicidal jump into the lake where Will's body was discovered. Mike jumps but is levitated to safety by Eleven, who scares away the bullies. And we have that great line of Dustin's, that's our friend, and she's crazy. Um, so Lucas realizes agents um, for the laboratory are heading to Mike's house. So seven, um, episode seven picks up. Uh, Lucas warns Mike via walkie-talkie that the government agents are en route, and they all flee. Um, we have this great scene of Eleven uh, telekinetically flipping a van in, um, and blocking the path so the kids can escape. Lucas uh, reconciles with Mike and Eleven. Uh, Joyce and Hopper called the police station due to Jonathan's arrest. Jonathan and Nancy realize their knowledge of the monster uh, reveal their knowledge of the monster to Joyce and Hopper, um, and uh, the group contacts Mike and his friends, and they rendezvous. So uh, they ask Eleven to search for Will and Barb, um, and they use kind of this whole pool thing, and um, you know, just basically to amplify her powers. Um, and Eleven uh, finds Barb's corse, corpse with a slug-like creature crawling out of her mouth. Uh, with Joyce's help, she finds Will alive, hiding in the upside-down castle byers. His backyard fort. Um, Hopper and Joyce break into the Hawkins lab but are apprehended by security guards and Jonathan um, and Nancy re resolve to kill the monster and steal their hunting gear back from the police station in the Upside Down. Uh, the monster breaks into the fort while Will's hiding. So um, episode eight, um, our final episode. Uh, hey, buddy. Sorry, guys. Uh, my dog, as many of you know on my Instagram post, just giving me a little bit of sass. I uh, wanted to sit in on the recording, but I guess he wants a little bit of attention. So um, Hopper um, gives up Eleven's location so that he and Joyce can enter the Upside Down. And they find Will unconscious um, in the town library. And they pull this sort of tendon out of his throat and perform CPR and revive. Him. So we know that's definitely going to lead into something. There can't be, you know, an alien creature in your throat and nothing happening. So um, Nancy and Jonathan booby trap the buyer's home and then they cut their hands to attract the monster with blood. They realize that that's what it smells and that's what it's craving. So when Steve arrives, intending to apologize to Jonathan about their fight, um, the monster attacks. Uh, the monster springs um, the trap. Uh, the monster springs the trap, but escapes to the upside down. Eleven and the boys hide in the middle, hide in their local middle school. Eleven asks, um, or Mike asks Eleven to the school dance and the snowball, and we have this little sort of romantic scene where he kisses her. Uh, the military storms the school to recapture Eleven, but she kills them and collapses. As Brenner, Brenner cradles her, the monster attacks because she blew up all their brains, so there's blood everywhere, um, and. Um, all we know is apparently this must kill him. Uh, the boys hide Eleven in the classroom and the monster corners them. But Eleven pins it against the wall. She says goodbye to Mike and disintegrates the monster and ultimately vanishes. Um, Will is hospitalized but reunited with his mother, brother and friends. And Hopper is uh, reluctant but he 
is picked up by this black car. Uh, one month later, Nancy and Steve are back together. Everyone's friends. You know, we have the great kind of Christmas exchange sort of scene. And Hopper leaves Eggos, waffles, and food in a box in the woods. Will ends up coughing up a slug-like creature uh, just before his Christmas dinner. And has sort of this flash of the upside down. Uh, but keeps all this hidden from his family. So, um... Basically, you know, episode eight ends with some really great tie-ins as how episode or season two is going to pick up, which is is pretty exciting. And um, I have to say, you know, it's quick paced, but my God, what a great, great TV show. So um, the cast, uh, you know, just really dynamic, really neat group. Uh, we have Winona Ryder as uh, Joyce Byers. She's truly one of my favorites. Um, just, you know, her, she's, you know, absolutely nuts but whatever reason she just she does such a great job um that's will's mother i am not gonna stop looking for him until i find him and bring him home i you know just that passion there i i can't say anything enough absolutely loved her um definitely my favorite character and couldn't have been Brought to life by a better actor, David Harbour, Jim Hopper, um, you know, just such a great, great sort of uh, conflicted hero. Joyce is very upset. Uh, Flo, she, she... Flo, we've discussed this. Mornings are for coffee and contemplation. Chief, she's coffee your... and contemplation. I don't know about you guys, but, but that's basically my uh, life uh, goal going forward for 2018, coffee and contemplation. <laughs> so, um, you know, we have the kids, Finn Wolfhard, Miller, Bobby Brown. Um, you know, these two were definitely the standouts for me. I thought they were just fan-frickin-tastic. Um, Gaten Marazzato, um, Gillian McLaughlin, Natalie Dwyer, Charlie Heaton, Car... Cara Brong, Matthew Bodice, um, and these two were considered secondary characters, but bumped up later on, uh, Noah Schnapp and Joe Carey, so Steve and, um, and Dustin. Um, you know, I just, all such great, great, great actors, and I just, I can't wait to see what they're, what they're going to do going forward. Accident or not, admit it, it was a little awesome. Awesome? Yeah, she threw you in the air with her mind. I could have been killed. Which is exactly why we need her. She's a weapon. Do you seriously want to fight the Demogorgon with your wrist rocket? I just, sorry guys, I absolutely love that line. It's just such such a great clip. So, um, you know, uh, essentially just some of the fun facts that I learned uh, reading and just kind of looking into this uh, TV series. Um, so uh, they finished the Duffer brothers finished the work on the film Hidden, um, and they wanted to try to emulate a style of M. Night Shyamalan. Um, now, uh, essentially, the uh, the brothers didn't didn't Warner Brothers didn't quite agree, um, and uh, this film didn't get the wide release that they were looking for. So, um, to their surprise, they were approached by Donald D. Line, um, who uh, offered uh, the chance to work with M. Night Shyamalan on the set of Wayward Pines. So, they were really excited to work alongside their hero. So, um, basically, uh, had a script similar to the plot, um, and basically a 20 page, um, pitch book. And they started going about talking about this movie. Um, now it was rejected several times because the company didn't believe, um, a plot, uh, derived around kids would essentially work, but, um, you know, just either their, their idea was either make it a kid show or focus on Hopper. That's essentially what they wanted. Um, 
but the script was brought uh, to Dan Cohen um, and Sean Levy, and they you know said no, we don't need to do anything to it. So they sold it to Netflix. Um, Planned for 2016, um, but essentially they had their own productions. Um, so believed to to do well as a series, um, and was originally going to be called Mon, um, Montauk because uh, originally it was going to be set in Montauk, New New York, uh, which kind of set it outside New uh, near Long, um, which is kind of set near Long Island. Um, essentially, though. Uh, this didn't end up working. Uh, the locations, uh, the ties to, um, you know, it just, it, it was really neat why they wanted to do it. I mean, it was ties to, uh, to Spielberg with Shaw's and, you know, it had, um, but essentially they decided to change the narrative to Hawkins and, and they felt they could do more with the town. I'll get into a little more reasoning why they did end up changing it. It has to actually do with the, the, setting and, and timing so um now a lot of of heated arguments about the title you know um basically they wanted to keep something like stephen king you know uh, with the font of Firestarter, but a twist like needful things so it ended up being stranger things and i don't know if anyone has ever read needful things but it's possibly one of my favorite Stephen King books. It's amazing. Uh, but back to Stranger Things. Um, you take, uh, you know, they took the concept of the 2013 film Prisoners, detailing the moral struggle of parents and what they go through, you know, with the loss of a child and looking for one. Um, and they turned it into a TV series. Um, they gave it kind of this, like, sort of nice childlike sensibilities, as I mentioned earlier. Um, but at the same time, we've given a human we're given a human consuming monster, which is sort of terrifying the combination of these things, um, you know, mixed in with this existence and then sort of a spiritual or, um, you know, gave sort of this, this really neat, this neat theme. Now they, they said it in 1983, you know, real neat because nostalgia, we all love those picks. They just give us such a warm feeling in our heart. And um, it's a year before, uh, essentially, the real Cold War paranoia sets in. Um, so that's kind of when things were a little different. So they, they based themselves, or based the film off of uh, their own experiences and what it was like for themselves in the 80s. Um, and, you know, they ended up using influences like Stephen King, Spielberg, Carpenter, Craven, um, George Lucas, Del Toro, you know, and sort of like alien meets stand by me um you know uh there's eight episodes per season um and they would end up following this format uh they felt that it was just enough to add time for the character and narrative development um but time to remain committed um you know kind of keeping it kind of scary so um they wanted to make it feel like a big budget feature uh with lots of major mythology and open ends so um they would end up uh, using the kids uh, and the writers would draw for themselves. Uh, Joyce Byers, um, you know, they, they knew they, they wanted her to basically be kind of like the Rory Neary of Close Encounters. Everybody in the town thinks she's bonkers. So they ended up filming um, in 2015, but due to the cold weather in long, November 2015, but due to cold weather in Long Island, uh, they ended up moving the filming location to Atlanta, Georgia. Um, the brothers grew up in North Carolina, so this place kind of reminded them of their childlike home. Uh, and this would kind of, you know, as I was saying earlier, shift why they would call it Hawkins. Um, 
you know, they would end up shooting in Atlanta, Georgia, pretty much exclusively. And they wanted it to feel like an 80s film. Uh, so there's little time to renew, um, you know, just they just pulled from their own memories. Um, so just, you know, they didn't have to worry about sort of creating things. So, and funny enough, they didn't really review everything. They just, um, it, it, they ended up just kind of drawing from their own memories, uh, but ended up giving themselves a lot of of homages to uh, to other feature films. It's, essentially, it's not the exact same. It's just comparable. Um, now, the costumes, um, looking into that, I thought was pretty cool. I guess they spent more time developing Will's costume than they did Mike's. Essentially, you know, they, they really wanted Will to look as, you know, a single mother's second child would he's going to be wearing hamney downs you know every last detail is really crossed there and uh the designer kimberly adams galligan i've just got to give her a lot of credit she really thought a lot a lot about every little detail um and funny enough she ended up having to replace her costumes pretty frequently because the kids kept growing um so they shot the first season with a leica lens um and a red scarlet dragon so essentially gives this nice sort of soft round tones that you would see from an 80s film and now the visual effects um the film grain was added over the footage again to give it that 1980s sort of feature um and they they wanted to scare audiences but not necessarily be violent or gory um it's much more about mood and atmosphere than anything else um you know, and essentially the um, the post editing was completed a week before the release on uh, on Netflix. So um, now the intro created by Michelle uh, Daughtry, what a neat opening uh, with those letters, the music is just really really cool. Definitely one of the ones I I felt that I just didn't want to skip. So um, it was composed by Michael. The music was composed by Michael Steen and Kyle Dixon, and they really, again, another homage to 80s artists and composers, um, and it features a lot of period music as well on top of this composed music. So, you know, we've got The Clash, Joy Division, Toto, uh, New Order, um, and, the, of course, the choice of The Clash, Should I Stay or Should I Go, um, you know, it's picked as a point to play in pivotal moments of the story, you know, such as Will communicating with Joyce. So, um, which is kind of neat, and I just love, so I'm just, sorry guys, gonna play one more clip. Poor Will. Uh, but, uh, you know, it just, you know, that song picks up. It shows some really intense moments and at the same time can show some really, you know, heartfelt moments at the same, in the same breath. So um, season one, Winona Rado had ended up being nominated for a Golden Globe as well as a, a screen a screen award. Same with Millie Bobby Brown. She was nominated for a Screen, um, screen Actors Guild Award. Um, so on the first, they don't really have a way to rate Netflix films you know basically they can just sort of like tabulate what and what was filmed and, and how many and so forth so essentially in the first 35 days of the film or uh, the first season premiering um, had an average rating of 14.07 million adults between 18 to 49 and at this point sits as the third most watched season of, on Netflix um, original contact 
original content listing, which is kind of cool. Uh, so 94% rating uh, for season one. I mean, I don't know if you guys, for those of you who haven't seen it and are listening, you know, put this down, go check it out. It's my podcast alone doesn't give it justice. It, it's just such a neat TV series and such a cool idea. Um, I just absolutely loved it. The 80s flashbacks, the cliffhangers, the characters. Um, you just can't help but love every last one of them. Um, the kids, just their dynamic, their interaction. It's just, you know, they definitely warm your heart. Um, and just like a good-hearted 80s flick meets a horror film. You know, it's, you know, it has those moments where you're like, oh, and then at the same time, you're turning away from the screen because it's just kind of, you don't want to see what's going to happen next. Um, I watched the show with friends um, and all of us loved it. Uh, You know, we couldn't wait to see what the next episode held. And uh, it's funny enough, we each kind of had our own favorite characters and, and funny enough, we found after each episode, some of them would annoy others and well, others were we're more drawn to that character. So I definitely want to hear from you guys on, on your thoughts on the show, what you thought. So reach out to me on social media because I'd love to hear uh, who your favorites were and, and why. So, um, you know, and the fact that this is a Stephen King reference, it was just definitely probably why it holds such a special place in my heart. So um, just want to celebrate uh, 2018 and get it off to a great start. Um Check out my Instagram uh, this week, guys, as I will be doing a giveaway, and there is uh, specific instructions there on what to do um, to uh, to be entered uh, to win uh, a really great prize. Our theme um, for this giveaway is zombies. So I've got some neat neat uh, prizes there. Anyways, guys, reach out to me. Let me know if there's something you want me to cover for 2018. Um, you know, I'm so excited for for another year of of horror and and uh, and gore and uh, talk about all those things that uh, that go bump in the night anyways guys uh hope you're you have a great week uh, and tune in ne- next week for season two